Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to The Pastor's Study. On this program, I want to talk about the Bible's advice for people under 21, then for people from 21 to 65, we'll call that middle age, and then from 65 up. The Bible has specific words for each of us, and I heard an older man say recently, I refuse to let two digits on my driver's license determine how I live my life. <laughs> I thought that was good. So let's do this. Let's open with prayer, and let's talk about what the Bible's advice is. Father, we pray for young people, middle-aged people, old people, that your Holy Spirit would now speak to each of us about our state in life and what you would have us do with our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, first of all, let me talk to those who are under 21 years of age. Here's God's word for you from 1 Timothy chapter 4, starting at verse 12. The older apostle, Paul, is writing to the young pastor, Timothy, and he says, Let no one look down on your youth, but set the believers an example in speech and conduct, in love, in faith, in purity, Till I come, attend to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and teaching. So if you're a young person, the word for you is this. Watch your words and your conduct so people don't look down on you. The way you're going to keep people from looking down on you just because you're young is by your purity of words and your purity of conduct. <clears throat> for instance, uh, when I have taught confirmation, I get a bunch of new 12-year-olds every year, I would, and you hear them say, oh my God, et cetera, et cetera. And I stop and I say, do you know that's a violation of the second commandment? Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And I just have to start instructing them, you know, you really got to watch your words. I, one of my best friends' name is Glenn. He's a Lutheran pastor in Omaha. And Glenn and I have known each other since we're 11. When we were 16, both Glenn and I played basketball at our high school. And Glenn and I didn't cuss in the locker room. We didn't tell dirty stories in the locker room. We didn't talk about exploits in the locker room. And I, I, I could sense that people thought we were kind of different, but I also sensed that they looked up to us for that. So if you're a young person, God's word of advice is watch your words, Watch your conduct so people don't look down on your youth. And one more thing it says in 1 Timothy 4. Timothy, attend to the public reading of Scripture. Can I tell you a habit I got into when I was 13 years old? <laughs> when I was 13 years old, I got confirmed in the Lutheran Church, and I was given my confirmation Bible. And I started reading my Bible every night before I went to bed. I still, to this day, read my Bible every day. That started when I was 13. Then, when I was about 16 years old, 
my friends started going out on the weekends and getting drunk and doing other stuff and I couldn't bring myself to do that. And why? I think it's because I was reading my Bible. And, and Psalm 119 says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. So especially the young people, I, don't, I want to encourage you. If you haven't yet started the habit, take out your Bible, put it next to your bed, and read your Bible every morning or every night. That is God's word for those under 21. Next, let's talk about people between ages 21 to 65 from Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1. Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near when you will say, I have no delight in them, before the sun and the light, the moon and the stars are darkened because of your eyesight, and clouds return after the rain. In other words, serve the Lord before your eyes go dim. So here's the word for people we'll call in middle age, between age 21 and 65. Remember the Lord in your prime. You're in the prime of life. So remember during your prime not to get a bigger house, not to get a better car, not to be caught up in all the trivialities of life. In your prime, determine, I want to use my prime years for the Lord. I want to major in the majors in life, not in the minors of life. I've showed this many times on TV, but I put this on my wall in my face to remind myself to use my years for the Lord. It says, only one life twill soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. There's a story of a preacher back in the 1800s, and his mission was to go with the men of the gold rush out to California and preach to them. That was his mission. So he follows the men, he's out traveling, he gets to California. When he gets to California, he stops preaching because he too gets the gold fever, starts panning the rivers night and day, till finally he gets a big sack of gold dust. And the story goes that on a windy day, he went to the top of the hill, untied the bag and flicked the gold dust out to the wind. <laughs> he wanted to major in the majors of life and he went back to preaching. My word for you, God's word from you from Ecclesiastes chapter 12 is spend your prime time majoring in the majors, the Lord, not in the minors. Now, let's turn to people who are over 65. Here's the verse for you from Proverbs chapter 16. A gray head is a crown of glory. It is found in the way of righteousness. You know, earlier, Timothy heard from St. Paul, don't let people look down on you because you're young. Here we're he hearing from Proverbs, don't let people look down on you because you're old. So, so here is the word for people over 65. Glory in your old age. Enjoy it. You made it to old age. Now enjoy it. <laughs> I've got another buddy that I grew up with. His name is Irv. He always had the earliest birthday, and he always turned whatever year before us because he was, his, his birthday's in December, mine's in June, so he'd always turn early. But Irv's a Christian guy, and I'm getting old, and I wasn't looking forward to this last birthday. 
So Irv lives in Omaha too, and I called up Irv and I said, Irv, you got any advice as I have my birthday and turn old? And he just said two words, and I thought this was from God. He said, be grateful. And I, I took those as words from the Lord. Just, you know, no matter what state you're at in life, be grateful. And I, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. The best habit I ever developed was a few years ago, before you go to bed tonight, you think back on the day and you thank God for five things. Do that tonight. Be grateful. Um, I want you to, to listen to this. Michelangelo painted the Sistine Chapel ceiling lying on his back in his 80s. Hudson Taylor at age 70 was vigorously pushing open the mission field in China. George Mueller began his evangelistic tours at age 71 and by age 87 he had traveled around the world eight times preaching the gospel. John Wesley preached a sermon every day at the age of 88. So my word for those of you that are older, it's okay to retire. You can leave your job. But don't retire from serving the Lord. He's got something for you to do. Herbert Hoover, I went to his library, his presidential library down in Iowa. After he left the White House, he was probably the most active ex-president in American history. And at age, I took this off, off of the plaque. At age 86, Hoover traveled 1,400 miles, delivered 20 speeches, accepted the latest of his 468 awards, and he said this, Hoover, there is no joy to be had from retirement except in some kind of productive work. Otherwise, you will degenerate into talking to everybody about your pains and pills. The point is not to retire from work or you will shrivel up into a nuisance to all mankind. You know, I, I used to, my organist, her name was Helen. She lived to be age 90. And I remember going to visit Helen in the nursing home. And she would say, oh, Tom, the people so love it when I get to the piano and play the old hymns in the uh, lunch hall. And they come up to me, oh, Helen, thank you. We love those old hymns. She was serving the Lord right up to her death. And then she died at age 90, and a man by the name of Pastor Bill Berg at age 92 preached her sermon, and it was great. Some of you see our show following uh, the Christian Worship Hour with 98-year-old Pastor Harold Salem. I called him a while ago, and I said, Pastor Salem, you're an inspiration to me. I'm going to talk to you about, talk to people about, on my TV show about you. And, and Harold Salem basically said, Tom, the word retirement is not in the Bible. And, and, I, and I heard a, a pastor's group was told once, don't think about retirement, think about refirement. <laughs> so again, nothing's wrong with retiring from your job, but find something in your golden years to do for the Lord. Now, some of you have heard of Pastor John Piper in the Twin Cities, kind of a famous pastor. He's written a lot of books. Years ago, I'm standing in the lobby of his church, because John and I know each other a little bit, and I'm talking to John, and a man comes up and interrupts us, and he says, Pastor Piper, do you remember when you preached that sermon that when you become retired, you shouldn't 
buy a Winnebago, and vacation your life away. You should use your golden years to serve the Lord. And John said, yes, I remember that sermon. Well, do you see that older couple over there? They had just bought a Winnebago when they heard your sermon. They sold the Winnebago, and now they have a Christian literature ministry. And I think it's John Piper who preached this sermon. He said about Christians who retire, move to Florida, and do nothing but walk the beach and collect seashells for the rest of their life. He said, what are those people going to do on Judgment Day? Hold them up and say, look, God, aren't these nice seashells? <laughs> and his point was, as long as you are breathing, even if it's only prayer, maybe you're so sick you can't get out of bed, but you can always do something to serve the Lord. So, <coughs> excuse me, let's sum this up. You know, isn't it funny the way young people wish they were older and the way older people wish they were younger? The Bible says don't do that. No matter what stage in life you're at, enjoy it. Accept it as God's plan for your life. And the, the advice is if you're under 21, by your words and conduct, serve the Lord and then get into scriptures. If you're middle-aged, uh, the word for you is don't major in the minors, major in the major thing in life. Only one thing will last. Only what's done for Christ will last. And then if you're an older person over 65, uh, it's okay to retire, but never retire from serving the Lord. He's got a purpose for you if you're still breathing. And one last thing I want to say. We've been talking about living for the Lord no matter what age you are at. The one last thing I want to say is, are you willing to die for the Lord? I want to show you a true story from Voice of the Martyrs. And I think this will help inspire us not just to live for the Lord, but if we have to die for the Lord, okay, Lord, get me ready for that. Let's watch this story. Psalm 91 He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. received this calling from the Lord, but the Lord has got a purpose for us as a family to live out our love for Him, our love for the Afghans, to serve, and here we are. God, take our lives and make with us whatever you find pleasant and, and good in your purpose. So it was a normal day for us, and then I just went to the office and he was teaching that morning. Actually, that was the routine every day. And for the children, if they didn't have a weekend or didn't interact with their friends, they were doing schoolwork. Both of them have got a deep walk with the Lord and there's this hunger for the Lord that's very precious. And they are growing, they are growing in their faith day by day. And it's wonderful to be their mom and experience how they are growing. Um, 
and living their lives for the Lord in a place like Afghanistan. The most wonderful thing the parent can do for his child is to bring him up in the Lord's way so that he knows who his Creator is and that he can have a loving relationship with the Lord and live a life for that purpose. I've asked myself many times in the past, Lord, is this really where you want us? Because of all the difficulties, the challenges, we can lose our lives anytime for the Lord. When I look at that in the spiritual realm, I know that he will not take us to a place like Afghanistan and just dump us there and he doesn't have a plan and a purpose for that. So I know 100% that we are in the right place, that we are obedient to the calling. I would tell my children, um, John Pierre and today, you will face a very difficult day today, um, and I'm not going to be there to help you. And Daddy is also not going to be there to help you. But Jesus is going to be there to help you through this, and He will be there. He promised never to leave us, nor forsake us. I believe they are in front of the Lord's throne, worshiping Him, praising Him, glorifying Him. And that they are just waiting for me to finish the race as well. So everybody, no matter what your age, young, old, middle-aged, live for the Lord. And if you have to die for the Lord, like someone said, you have to die anyway, might as well die for the Lord. So, And I encourage you to support Voice of the Martyrs, which is working to help the persecuted overseas. So Jackie, what's our questions today? Well, you know, we've been talking about old age and that. Some people are 
so weak that they can't serve the Lord anymore. What should they be doing? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the older I get, the weaker I get. Um, some people can't get out of bed, but they can pray. I think if you're conscious, there's always something you can do. And, you know, they say, if you really want something to get done, ask the white-haired ladies of the church to start praying for it. <laughs> so I love it when elderly people have a prayer uh, prayer team and, and pray once a week together. So just uh, unless you're absolutely incapacitated, find something to serve the Lord. You know, there's people, though, that are older and they don't have much to do anymore. And they they just want the Lord to take them home. Mm -hmm. What do you say to that person? Well, I, there are days I want the Lord to take me home, too. I don't think that's wrong. The Apostle Paul himself had that struggle. He said, I desire to depart and be with the Lord. That's far better. But I know I'll stay on earth for your account. So I don't think anything's wrong with wanting to die and go to heaven. But don't camp there. I mean... But still stay and do whatever the Lord is telling you to do on earth. Yeah. So how does a person focus on the majors in life and not on the minors? In this day and age, Ooh. it seems like we just... You, you know what I have to pray? Lord, help me not spend too much time on the Internet, watching TV. Those are all the minors of life. And Lord, help me focus and stay focused on the majors. I don't know how you do that, and I don't do a perfect job by any means, except to regularly pray, God, help me have you be my priority today. I think prayer is the first step. And then being part of a good Christian fellowship that holds you accountable. <laughs> okay. Do you think today's younger generation is more or less Christian than the prior generations? I think we're losing Christianity in America. And the younger people are not, as a general rule, there are youth on fire for Christ. But as a general rule, People aren't going to church like they used to in America, and we're kind of losing our religion in the United States. And that's not the fault of the youth. That's the fault of our generation. You know, I think I agree with that because I think sometimes parents allow their children to do too, too many extracurricular things that they no longer have yeah, time for yeah. church. And, and that's and a sad... When I had parents say to me, well, we don't come to church anymore because juniors' hockey practice is on Sunday morning, I'm thinking... Could you set a priority here? You know. Yeah, so. but that is true because we have a hockey player that's yeah. a granddaughter too, and and I mean they go out of town for weekends and they're not here for yeah. a Sunday either. Yeah. yeah. So. So do you think that today's generation is more or less yep. Christian? We'll say less. Yep. Next one then. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. So the church to keep young people in the church, what can they do? Well, you know, we don't, we don't have to worship like we're 500 years ago in Germany if you're a Lutheran. I'm a Lutheran. Nothing's wrong with having contemporary worship services. There are some churches that are so strong, staunchly traditional. And I love the traditional liturgy and I love the traditional hymns. Nothing's wrong, however, changing the worship form. We do not, however, compromise the message. And sadly, lots of denominations have compromised the message and those denominations are shrinking and dying. Young people too want the truth. They don't want made up lies to make them feel good. So I would say stick to the scriptures, don't compromise the doctrine, but you can change the form in which you worship. You know, Pastor Brock, just recently we had confirmation at our church mm -hmm. and there were five students mm -hmm. and I can remember when I was growing up about how important confirmation yeah. is. Yeah. So. 
what do you think has happened? That well, let's explain first of all what confirmation is for people that aren't Lutheran or Catholic or Episcopalian. When, when you're baptized in those denominations, you're baptized normally as an infant. And you, your parents make the commitment, we're going to raise Junior as a believer. Then when you grow up, you get the, at the age of, of you decide whether you're going to follow Christ or not. And so then you publicly confirm your faith in Christ. That happens in the Lutheran Church about age 13. I think in the Catholic Church it's more like 8 but you're confirming your faith in Christ. And so, yeah, um, uh, you know, it's been true for years. I've been a pastor many years, and the heartache for me is you, you, con you confirm, we'll say, 15 kids at age 13, and within a year or two, they're gone. They're mm -hmm. out of the church. And the problem, though, Jackie, is a lot of those kids never were in church much. Their parents just sent them to get confirmed, and then it's over. So that's a Lutheran problem, a Catholic problem, an Episcopal Presbyterian problem of people vanishing after they're confirmed. The kids that didn't vanish are the kids that either had a commitment, mom or dad, who themselves were in church every Sunday and continued that after confirmation. So I think that's the answer. You know, Tom, we've only got a minute and 15 seconds left. Mm -hmm. You know, I think maybe today would be a good day to close with prayer. Yeah, let's do that. And everybody, we've been on the air now 30 years, Jackie, and we thank those of you. Uh, but let's just take a moment and let's just, let's pray for, for uh, we want to pray, Lord God, right now for anyone who's under 21, that you help them watch their language, watch their conduct. And we pray that you get young people into regularly reading the Bible. Help the people that are in the prime of life to major in the majors serving Christ and not in the minors. And we pray for people over 65 that they'll use their golden years somehow to bring you glory and to bring people to Christ. And we ask all of this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? you may do so at pastorstudy.org or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. If you've been blessed by The Pastor Study, would you consider a tax-deductible gift to help us reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ? You can donate at our website, pastorstudy.org, two S's, or mail a check to the Pastor's Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55441. May the Lord bless you and have a wonderful week.